Hi, Splendids. Welcome to Words and Sentences, uh, my book reviews and underscores and highlights. This time I'm going to talk about Think Like a Monk, Train Your Mind for Peace and Purpose Every Day, written by Jay Shetty. I felt the urge to be around people who had the values I wanted, not the things I wanted. Monks can withstand temptations, refrain from criticizing, deal with pain and anxiety, quiet the ego, and build lives that brim with purpose and meaning. Becoming a monk is a mindset that anyone can adopt. Meditation and mindfulness are beneficial. That gratitude is good for you. That service makes you happier. If you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. By seeking more and more a secret that leads to frustration, dissolution, dissatisfaction, unhappiness, and exhaustion, our minds can either elevate us or pull us down. Today, we all struggle with overthinking, procrastination, and anxiety. When you learn to navigate and manage your breath, you can navigate any situation in life. Focus on the root of things. It is only through curiosity, thought, effort, and revelation that we find our way to peace, calm, and purpose. Stripping ourselves from the external influences, internal obstacles, and fears that hold us back. You can think of this as a cleansing that will make space for growth. I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. That's a biggie. Let's do it one more time. I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. We are all method act acting to some degree. We live in a perception of a perception of ourselves. Your identity is a mirror covered with dust. When you first look in the mirror, the truth of who you are and what you value is obscured. Clearing it may not be pleasant, but only when that dust is gone, you can see your true reflections. The foundation of a virtually all monastic tradition is removing distractions that prevent us from focusing on what matters most. 
When we are buried in non-essentials, we lose track of what is truly significant. I want to help you recognize and filter out the noise of external influences. Values are really practical. Without them, we are swept away by distractions. Our values are defined by what we experience. We are generally compelled to please and imitate those authority figures. The mind is the vehicle by which we decide what is important in our hearts. Observing and evaluating are key to thinking like a monk. And they begin with space and stillness. Your actions tell the real story. What we do with our spare time shows what we value. Time reflects value. You can look at the money you spend to see the values by which you live. Higher values propel and elevate us toward happiness, fulfillment, and meaning. Lower values demote us toward anxiety, depression, and suffering. The six lower values are greed, lust, anger, ego, illusion, and envy. There are always more ways to be pulled up than to be pulled down. Letting go is a big part of the rhythm of nature, as is rebirth. We humans cling to stuff. Once you filter out the noise of opinions, expectations, and obligations, a community that looks like the future you want, Every time you move homes or take a different job or embark on a new relationship, you have a golden opportunity to reinvent yourself. Who you surround yourself with helps you stick to your values and achieve your goals. The cancers of the mind are comparing, complaining and criticizing. Every person was more good than bad. When we criticize others, we can't help but notice the bad in ourselves. But when we look for the good in others, we start to see the best in ourselves. Negativity in conversation, emotions and actions often springs from a threat to one of the three needs. A fear that bad things are going to happen. A fear of not being loved or a fear of being disrespected. Participants who identified with a victim mindset were not only more likely to express selfish attitudes afterward, they were also more likely to leave behind dress and even take the experimenter's pants. Research has proven that most humans value social conformity so much that they'll change their own responses, even their perceptions, to align with the group, even when the group is blatantly wrong. We are wired to conform. Your brain would rather not deal with conflict and debate. But if we are surrounded by gossip, conflict and negativity, 
we start to see the world in those terms. And the more negativity that surrounds us, the more negative we become. Studies show that negativity like mine can increase aggression toward random, uninvolved people, and that the more negative your attitude, the more likely you are to have a negative attitude in the future. We could work to overcome the illnesses of the soul that infected us and weakened us. by taking a step back to remove ourselves from the emotional charge of the moment. Negativity is a trade, not someone's identity. When someone hurts you, it's because they are hurt. Their hurt is simply spilling over. If you can help, help others. If you cannot do that, at least do not harm them. If in our heart we still cling to anything, anger, anxiety or possessions, we cannot be free. If you don't let go physically, you won't let go emotionally. For every negative person in your life, have three uplifting people. The desire to save others is ego-driven. Don't let your own needs shape your response. Working from the outside in is the natural way of decluttering. Competition breeds envy. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> when we find ourselves judging others, we should take note. It's a signal that our minds are tricking us into thinking we're moving forward when in truth, we're stuck. The more we define ourselves in relation to the people around us, the more lost we are. Real freedom is letting go of things not wanted. The question is how you guide that response. The key to real freedom, freedom sorry, is self-awareness. What we judge or envy or suspect in someone else can guide us to the darkness we have within ourselves. Thoughts and actions that add to your life instead of taking away from it. The signs that we need to remember to breathe, to loosen up physically and emotionally. Only speak words that are truthful, beneficial to all, pleasing, and that don't agitate the minds of others. Spoken at the right time, it is spoken in truth, it is spoken affectionately, it is spoken beneficially, it is spoken with a mind of goodwill. Remember, Saying whatever we want, whenever we want, and however we want is not freedom. Real freedom is not feeling the need to say these things. Criticizing someone else's work ethic doesn't make you work harder. Comparing your marriage to someone else's doesn't make your marriage better. Instead of being angry, we might better describe ourselves as annoyed, defensive, or spiteful. So much is lost in bad communication. When our complaints are understood by ourselves and others, they can be more productive.
in the theater of happiness, there is no limit. Unless we clean the ecology of our own heart and inspire others to do the same, we will be an instrument of polluting the environment. You can't fix yourself by breaking someone else. Forgiveness only of forgiveness actually conserves energy. Forgiveness eases stress because we no longer recycle the angry thoughts, both conscious and subconscious. We are not used to admitting fault and taking responsibility for what we create in our lives. Open ourselves up to the emotional healing we all yearn for. Fear isn't bad, it's simply, simply a warning flag. It's what we do with that signal that matters. We can use our fear of the effects of climate change to motivate us to develop solutions. Or we can allow it to make us feel overwhelmed and hopeless and do nothing as a result. We allow anxiety, everyday fear, to hold us back by blocking us from our true feelings. You have to push beyond the part of your mind that's making fun of it. That's a defense mechanism, keeping you from really dealing with the issue. And that's what we do with fear. We distract ourselves from it. Our brains are really good at keeping us from entering uncomfortable spaces. But by repeating a question rather than rephrasing it, we essentially corner our brain. Often we notice fear's warning but ignore its guidance. If we learn how to recognize what fear can teach us, about ourselves and what we value, then we can use it as a tool to obtain greater meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in our lives. We fear the stresses and challenges change of change, but those stresses and challenges are the wind that makes us stronger. I work through the fear until it's just not scary anymore. An essential step in this reprogramming is learning to recognize our reaction pattern to fear. Each of the four distractions form from fear. Panicking, freezing, running away, or burying. A powerful question to ask your fear. When do I feel you? The fear is not us, it is just something we are experiencing. Try shifting from I am angry to I feel angry, I feel sad, and I feel afraid. A simple change, but a profound one because it puts our emotions in their rightful place. Our teachers made a distinction between useful and hurtful fears. We transform hurtful fears into useful fears by focusing on what we can control. If I simply control my mind, what need is there to control other things? When we acknowledge that all of our blessings are like a fancy rental car or a beautiful Airbnb, we are free to enjoy them without living in constant fear of losing them. We are all the lucky vacationers enjoying our stay in Hotel Earth. Detachment is the ultimate practice in minimizing fear. Don't judge the moment. Instead of judging the moment, 
he needed to accept his situation and whatever came of it, focusing on what he could control. Time is another form of health. He realized that while he had lost his job, he had gained something else, very valuable. Panic and freezing are a disconnect between our bodies and our minds. Instead of assessing and responding, we deny or abandon the situation. When we deny fear, our problem follows us. What you run from only stays with you longer. When fear is buried, it's something we cling to and it makes everything feel tight because we're under this burden of things we've never released. Fear alerts and ignites us. Money and fame are only a facade because our search is never for a thing but for the feeling. What we do matters, so we matter. The value that we see in our actions will lead to a sense of meaning. We can better handle discomfort when we can associate it with a goal, a purpose, or person we care about. Intention fills the car with gas. Fear, desire, duty, and love are the roots of all intentions. Weeds usually grow from ego, greed, envy, anger, pride, competition, or stress. We have to be gardeners of our own lives, planting only the seeds of good intentions, watching to see what they become, and removing the weeds that spring up and get in the way. Everything you do is your spiritual life. Those who love peace must learn to organize as effectively as those who love war. I wish is code for I don't want to do anything differently. Living your intention means having it permeate your behavior. If the changes you make are internal, you feel better about yourself and you will be a better person. The focus is on the process, not the outcome. If you don't care deeply, you can't go all in on the process. If you are driven by intention, you will feel joy. And if you have a clear and confident sense of why you took each step, then you are more resilient. Failure doesn't mean you're worthless. It means you must look for another route to achieve worthwhile goals. When people gain what they want but aren't happy at all, it's because they did it with the wrong intention. Generous intentions radiate from people. In the dark room of my mind, meditation had turned on the lights. In getting you where you want to be, meditation may show you what you don't want to see. It is the practice of giving yourself space to reflect and evaluate. I suggest setting aside time for breath work. When you protect your dharma, your dharma protects you. We need flexibility in order to access every corner of study and growth. When your natural talents and passions connect with what the universe needs and become your purpose, you are living in your dharma.
I try to respect the process. Everyone is always simultaneously a student and a teacher. Everyone has a psychological nature which determines where they flourish and thrive. The things you are good at, your thrive mode to serve others. If we are only excited when people say nice things about our work, it's a sign that we're not passionate about the work itself. You can be anything you want, but you can be everything you are. Your dharma is already with you. Cultivate self-awareness and feed your strengths. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Our society is set up around strengthening our weaknesses rather than building our strengths. All highlights our insufficiency and urge us to improve them. My limitations make space for the gifts of other people. You don't get to be a jerk just because you're, not, you're skilled. We have to be careful not to confuse inexperience with weakness. Material problems, spiritual solutions. How are we looking for instant fixes instead of doing the real work of growth? <coughs> Sorry. Mastery requires deliberate practice and lots of it. Play hardest in your area of strength and you will achieve depth, meaning, and satisfaction in your life. Doing things that we are both good at and love. Working on things that we are good at but don't love. Look for opportunities to do what you love in a life you already have. Find a way to bring the energy of your dharma into the workplace. Or look for ways to bring it into other aspects of your life, like your hobbies, your home, or your friendships. The best way to add meaning to an experiment is to look for how it might serve you in the future. Link the feeling of passion to the experience of learning and growth. The intention with which we approach our work has a tremendous impact on the meaning we gain from it and our personal sense of purpose. Learn to find meaning now and it will serve you all your life. Everyone has time. You will always have unpleasant chores, but they don't shouldn't be the biggest part of your life. Every task is an essential organ. None is less important than the others and none of us is too important to do any chores. We strive toward sattva through letting go of ignorance, working in our passion and serving in goodness. The more effective and fulfilled we become. Guides and leaders complement each other. Guides give wisdom to leaders and leaders give structure to guides. Invest in your strengths and surround yourself with people who can fill the gap. Our hats often get in the way of our passions. Follow your bliss. Come out of your own head and lose track of time. Dharma brings you stability and peace. And when we have the confidence to know where we thrive, we find opportunities to demonstrate that.
A lotus flower which begins in the mud then grows upward through the water as it seeks light. The lotus represents the idea that the mud and muck of life's changes can provide fertile ground for our development. And as the lotus grows, it rises through the water to eventually blossom. Dharma is a passion in the service of others. Your passion is for you. Your purpose is for others. Location has energy. Time has memory. The simplicity and the structure of Azra morning spared us from the stressful complexity of decision and variation. Transform greed into generosity, anger into compassion, loss into love. Little sleep is a profound failure of self-respect and of priorities. Wake up one hour earlier than you do now. You can do things with purpose and care if you have to speed through them. When you start the morning with high pressure and high stress, you are programming your body to operate in that mode for the rest of the day through conversations, meetings, and appointments. When you create the space, you realize it fills with what you lack most of all, time for yourself. If you are spending your morning deciding what to eat, what to wear, and what takes to tackle first, the accumulating choices complicate things unnecessarily. Limit the number of decisions you have to make because each decision is an opportunity to stray from their path. Consider what your last thoughts are before going to sleep. Don't program yourself to wake up with bad energy. I am relaxed, energized, and focused. I am calm, enthusiastic, and productive. I am programming my mind to wake up with energy and conviction. The emotion you fall asleep with at night is most likely the emotion you wake up with in the morning. To see the freshness in each routine, to be aware. Seeing something is not the same as noticing it. Truly noticing what's around us keeps our brain from shifting to autopilot. Routine frees your mind. Doing the familiar that creates room for discovery. Creativity comes from structure. When you have those parameters and structure, then within that you can be creative. If you don't have structure, you're just aimlessly doing stuff. Structure enhances spontaneity. Yesterday is but a dream. Tomorrow is only a vision. But today... Well-lived makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. We are training our minds to be where we physically aren't. Being present is the only way to live a truly rich and full life. The more your personal spaces are devoted to single clear purposes, the better they will serve you. So every place in the ashram was devoted to a single activity. We didn't read or meditate where we slept.
To watch Netflix and or eat in your bedroom is to confuse the energy of that space. If you bring those energies to your bedroom, it becomes harder to sleep there. Create spaces that bring you the energy that messes, matches your intention. The point is to be aware about where you thrive, where you are at your best. All of it adds to our cognitive load. The brain processes sound even when we don't con consciously hear it. Begin the day with a song that makes you happy. Choose sounds that make you feel happier and healthier. Doing something at the same time every day helps us remember to do it, commit to it, and do it with increasing skill and fac facility. When we do something at the same time every day, that time keeps the, that memory for us. It holds the practice. It saves the space. Location has energy. Time has memory. If you do something at the same time every day, it becomes easier and natural. If you do something in the same space every day, it becomes easier and natural. Don't use tech in the bedroom or at the dining table. When you are brushing, just brush. When you are showering, just shower. Certain habits complement each other, but single tasking as much as possible keeps your brain in the habit of focusing on one thing at a time. If you try to change everything at the same time, they will all become small, equal priorities. Change happens with small steps and big priorities. Pick one thing to change, make it your number one priority, and see it through before you move on to the next. The greater your investment, the greater your return. If something is important, it deserves to be experienced deeply. And everything is important. Any progress can work if you do it immersively. Routines are counterintuitive. Instead of being boring and repetitive, doing the same task at the same time in the same place makes room for creativity. The consistent energy of location and memory of time help us be present in a moment, engaging deeply in tasks instead of getting distracted or frustrated. Build routines and train yourself as monks do. Honor your commitment. The mind is compared to a drunken monkey that's been bitten by a scorpion and haunted by a ghost. Our minds are only in present time for about three seconds at a time. Your brain is not reacting to events in the world. It's predicting, constantly guessing what's going to happen next. As irrigators lead water where they want, as archers make their arrows straight, as carpenters carve wood, the wise shape their minds. True growth and requires understanding the mind. It is the filter judge and director of all our experiences. But as evidenced by the conflict I felt on my shower adventure, we are not always of one mind. The more we can evaluate, understand, train, and strengthen our relationship with the mind, the more successfully we navigate our lives and overcome challenges. Sometimes our own minds work against us. When we procrastinate, there's a conflict between what researchers call our should self, or what we 
feel we should do because it's good for us and our oneself, what we actually want to do in the moment. Our thoughts are like clouds passing by. The self, like the sun, is always there. We are not our own minds. The quality of our communication with the mind is based on the history of our relationship with it. When a childlike mind is fully in control, it's because our monk mind has not been developed, strengthened or hurt. The parent is the smarter voice. If well-trained, it has self-control, reasoning power, and is a debating, debating champ. Horses left to their own devices react to what surrounds them. In the trained state, the intellect is awake aware and attentive. You are the sky. Everything else is just the weather. I love this one. By cultivating their inner calm, they can ward off mental, physical, and emotional stress. The monkey mind is reactive, but the monk mind is proactive. Senses recklessly transport our minds away from where we want them to be. We want to figure out the meaning of a thought. That's what helps us let go. Meditation is an important tool that allows us to regulate sensory input. You can move from battle to bond. We live much of our lives following the same path we've always taken. Change begins with the words inside your head. We are going to work on hearing, curating, choosing, and switching our thoughts. If you haven't healed your relationship with your parents, you'll keep picking partners who mirror the unresolved issues. If you don't deliberately rewire your mindset, you are destined to repeat and recreate the pain you've already endured. Sound is powerful. Talking yourself through a project or task enhances focus and concentration. Talking to yourself not only boosts your memory, it also helps you focus. Talking to yourself helps you clarify your thoughts and tend to what's important and firm up any decision you're contemplating. We look for the worst in ourselves. There are three routes to happiness, learning, progressing, and achieving. Rather than amplifying your failures, amplify your progress. Learn one new thing every day. Many of the frustrations we endure can be seen as blessings because they urge us to grow and develop. I ask people to rate an individual concern on a scale of one to 10. Zero is no worries. When, thoughts, when your thoughts are repetitive and unproductive, when you feel like you need to press pause, take 15 minutes to write down every thought that enters your mind. Writing can help us gain critical perspective we can use to find solutions. If you don't like writing, you can speak into your phone and then play back the audio file or read the transcript. Recording yourself puts you in an observer mindset, making you deal more objectively with yourself. Make my mind my friend. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to people we love. 
all spiritual teaching is about how to be present to the moment. Reliving the past or worrying about the future is our biggest problem. Nostalgia and remorse can be traps, closing us off from new experiences and keeping us locked in the unresolved past and or the good old days. Just as the past is unchangeable, the future is unknowable. Be here now. Detachment is a form of self-control. Attachment brings pain. If you think something is yours or you think you are something, then it hurts to have it taken away from you. Detachment is not that you own nothing, but that nothing should own you. The greatest detachment is being close to everything and not letting it, and not letting it consume or own you. That's real strength. Well, here are some pages without any highlights or underscores. There is danger in the world. We've always done it this way, or I already know that. Even if you think you already know a story, try to live it as a new experience every time. Ego isolates you. Some tasks build competence and some build character. By harboring anger and grudges, you keep focused on ourselves instead of taking a broader perspective. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. What belongs to you today belongs to someone yesterday and will be someone else's tomorrow. Failing meant they were trying and that was more important than the immediate results. The ego thinks it knows everything. Self-esteem thinks it can learn from anyone. The ego wants to prove itself. The self-esteem wants to express itself. Someone had to invest their time, money, and energy to make you who you are today. The measure of success isn't numbers, it's death. No matter what we achieve, we can aspire to greater scale and depth. Overcoming your ego is a practice, not an accomplishment. Visualization is the perfect way to heal the past and prepare for the future. Anything you can see in the man-made world, whatever it is, it exists in someone's mind before it came to be. Visualization activates the same brain networks as actually doing the task. Meditation doesn't eliminate distractions, it manages them. The toxic emotions that gratitude blocks contribute to widespread inflammation, which is a precursor to loads of chronic illnesses, including heart disease. Pay respect to the earth. Be grateful in all times and circumstances. Don't judge the moment. As soon as you label something as bad, your mind starts to believe it. When one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one which has been opened for us. 
there's more for me out there. This is what I wanted. This was the only answer. The most important aspect of the practice of grateful living is trust in life. It's far better to express your gratitude in specific terms. It's a feedback loop of love. Be kinder to yourself and then let your kindness flood the world. Remember that whatever we were able to give was never ours to begin with. The salt is the pain of life. It is constant. But if you put it in a small glass, it tastes bitter. If you put it in a lake, you can taste it. Expand your senses, expand your world, and the pain will dim diminish. Don't be the glass, become the lake. Beautiful. When we see the struggles of others in a clear light of day, when we use our talents to improve their world even a little bit, we immediately feel a surge of gratitude. Receiving gratitude requires vulnerability and openness. Close relationships with family and a tribe with shared beliefs and healthy social behaviors. Love is like a circle. You assume the love you receive will come from the person you give it to. Our lack of gratitude is what makes us feel unloved. Only you can be your everything, can be your everything. We should have the same standards for our family as we do for everyone else. Love is a gift without any strings attached. Trust is central to every relationship. Trust is about intentions. We lie to impress, to present ourselves a better as better than we really are. When these lies are discovered, the betrayal does, not far more does far more damage to both people than honesty would have. We either trust other people too easily or we withhold our trust from everyone. We tend to conflate trustworthiness with likability. If we think everyone is a reflection of ourselves, we fail to see things as they are. We see things as we are. Mutual trust requires patience and commitment. When people show you their level of trust, believe them. The body is only a vessel for the soul. This is where we confuse time and energy. You can spend a whole hour with someone, but only give them 10 minutes of energy. A monk shows love through presence and attention. Think like monks do, in terms of energy management, not time management. Build relationship based on generosity, gratitude, and service. Love is an ability. If you don't know what you want, you'll send out the wrong signals and attract the wrong people. 
You try to find people to ease that pain, but only you can do that. If you don't work through it, it stays with you and interferes with your decisions. The problematic people who emerge reflect your, your unresolved issue. Until you heal the wounds of your past, you will continue to bleed. You can bandage the bleeding with food, with drugs, with alcohol, with work, with cigarettes, with sex. But eventually, it will all ooze through and stain your life. You must find the strength to open the wounds, stick your hands inside and pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past, the memories, and make peace with them. Happiness comes from comes when we are learning, progressing, and achieving. Many of us are so addicted to recreating the same experiences that we don't make space for new ones. Love is kept alive by creating more new memories, by continuing to learn and grow together. Fresh experiences bring excitement into your life and build a stronger bond. Find new in the old. Find new ways to spend time together. Surf together. Meditate and chant together. And envision together. What you both want from the relationship. If we are still listening to our child minds, we are attracted to people who aren't good for us but make us feel better in the moment. Don't trap, don't wrap your self-esteem around someone else. We often mistake attachment for love. The more we grasp, the more we are afraid to lose. Holding on to the wrong person causes us more pain than letting them go. Build awareness, address, and demand. We are all connected to each other biologically, to the earth, chemically, and to the rest of the universe. Automatic, atomically. Let go of the external and the ego. Recognize our value and learn that we don't need to own anything in order to serve. Continually seek a higher level of service. There is always room to rise. Nature is always serving. The sun provides heat and light. Trees give oxygen and shade. Water quenches our thirst. People must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate, then they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Service gives back to us. You don't have to have to give. True service doesn't expect or even want anything in return. Remember that whatever you are giving was given to you. Effective action comes from love. Service is always the answer. It's an exchange of love. Sound transport us. The secrets of the universe are in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration.
Repetitive drumming and singing can open pathways to the subconscious at your own pace, in your own time. Where affirmations change the way you speak to yourself, mantras change the way you speak to the universe. Mantra, in a deep sense, means to transcend the mind. The heart transcends instructions and perfections. You create your own reality in every moment. We talk about getting close to fear to move away from it, finding the new in our routines, having confidence and humility, being selfish to be selfless. Life isn't a computer program, it's a dance. And when we dance, there are no rules. We must be open to whatever song comes on, like a dancer. Meditation helps you figure out a move to make in the dance. Give yourself seven minutes each for breath work, visualization, and a mantra. I am happy about who I am becoming, and I am open to all opportunities and possibilities. I am worthy of real love, and I am ready to serve with all I have. Meditation is a signal or a mirror. Leave people and places better and happier than you found them. The right use of energy is to remain a student. You have to keep at it. The tools are already in your head, heart, and hands. I love this book. It's beautifully written. It's very clear. It's very spiritual. It's very deep. And yet it's very approachable, very now. Um, so I would recommend it to everybody, really everybody. I think if we could all think like a monk, can you imagine how different the world would be, feel, and create? Amazing. So go read it. Think like a monk. Train your mind for peace and purpose every day. Written by Jay Shetty. Thanks for listening. Till next time.